One Percenters, how are we doing? Thank you so much for joining me on the One Percent Podcast. You could be anywhere else and you are here giving your time to me, to us right now. Amazing, amazing to have you on here. And this week we hear from one of the top professional speakers in the world. His name is Grant Baldwin. Now, Grant didn't just have this pedigree as a great speaker. He enjoyed speaking and helping others, and he was actually a youth pastor for many years, but had a quarter-life crisis and realized, okay, I want to pivot my life and become a motivational speaker, make that my career. And he has went on to become one of the top speakers in the world, has created the Speaker Lab, has a book out. Grant is just everything that we can all be when we put our dreams to action. And and Grant goes in-depth on this podcast about how he made that pivot in his life, the action steps that he took to get to where he is today, and how you can do the same. One percenters, you're going to really love this one. I know I did. Grant Baldwin, buckle up, because here we go. Super excited to share with you guys that my first book, Pivot and Go, is on pre-sale now. AmazonDavidNurse.com, Pivot and Go. It's about making mindset pivots, small, slight changes in your perspective, little shifts that can change your entire perspective on life. It's based on 29 days, 28 to make a habit. 29 to make a lifestyle. There are 29 chapters, 29 mindset pivots that will absolutely have you coming out of there with extreme joy for the life you live, passion for the mission you're on, and confidence in who you are. So it would be awesome. If you could support the book, check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm going to be sending out a free autographed copy in the next month as well. It's on Amazon pre-sale. It's on davidnurse.com. Pivot and go. All right, Grant Baldwin, welcome to the 1% Podcast. Start us off with a bang. Everybody knows you as a motivational speaker and a leader, but tell us something that maybe nobody knows about you. Nobody knows about me. Well, let's see here. Coming hard Um, from the start, man. Uh, I'm pondering here. Okay, well, uh, the, I know this is a uh, an audio podcast. People can't see me. I have had a shaved head um, uh, <laughs> since the third grade. Uh, wow. I've never grown out my hair. I'm not entirely sure what color hair I have. Uh, so uh, when I was like in third grade, my my mom started shaving it for me, and uh, man, this is so much simpler. So that's I just kind of kept that through school, and then my wife actually is a cosmetologist. Just she went to cosmetology school and did hair for a long time, and uh, so she's like, I, you know, I, I can style it. There's so many things I can do with it. Like, nope, nope, <laughs> just shave it off. Just keep shaving it off. So, uh, I'm my mom passed the proverbial uh, baton to her, clippers to her, and <laughs> she's been buzzing my hair ever since. She actually, um, a couple months ago, she she basically uh, pat on to me. She's like, I, I'm done doing this. You. Here's how you can do it yourself. So Love it. I do it myself. So I've I've never uh, never grown my hair out. Grant, and you're the one winning during this time. That's what I'm telling people. Like I won't be able to get a haircut for another month at least. My hair's all over the place now. Well, right. here's here's the other yeah. thing where this has turned out turned out in our favor is like literally right before we started recording this. Uh, at the time of this recording, um, we're in the thick of all this this uh, COVID nineteen stuff, and and uh, schools everywhere have been uh, canceled for the school year. So a lot of people on social media have been posting. Here's my senior picture. Uh, 
uh, you know, in, in honor of, of students who are graduating here and, and the 2020 seniors. Right. And, uh, and so I was, I was scrolling through a, a neighbor friend of mine had just posted a picture and he had like this big old mullet. I was like, man, that is intense <laughs> mullet right there. You know? And he's like, ah, oh, you have no room to talk. Let's see yours. I was like, you, you got nothing on me. Like I, I have had the same haircut for the past like 30 years. So uh, anything I can dig up and find is going to look basically the same as what it does today. Yeah, so that's a great move. Smart move. <laughs> hey, Grant, apart from your hair and your great style, you've had an amazing pivot in your life where you necessarily weren't on your, on your life mission and the dream that you had for yourself, but you decided basically, I mean, while being a youth pastor, hey, I'm, I'm going to go for it all. I am going to become a motivational speaker, not just a good one. You're going to become a great one. Talk to us through uh, about that journey of having to make that make that pivot because it's it's easy for people to say stuff and say they're going to do it, but it's another beast to actually take that step, that leap of faith and go after it. How did how did you make that pivot in your life? Yeah, so uh, so for some context, like you mentioned, I was youth for a little while. Um, parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't like, but one of the things I really enjoyed was speaking and I felt like I was good at it and wanted to do more of it. Uh, but you just had, had no idea, you know, where to, where to be, how do you find gigs and how much charge and how does that world work? Um, so I met a couple other speakers. But, uh, how does this speaking in this world and uh, eventually figured out a couple things and started booking some gigs and some more gigs. And uh, it, was, it was one of the things that we tell our, our students today that, that finding a booking speaking gigs is simple, but it's not easy. Simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. It yeah. requires work. Or, so one of the most important on uh, is he said, you have to fall in love. Meaning that, you know, if you, to give you another analogy is, is, you know, as we as we get closer to, towards summer and pools open up and we're outside, like all like especially as as like guys, we want to look decent. We want our wives <laughs> to be like that. That's my man over there. Yeah. Uh, we, we we don't want to cry when we take our shirt off and stand in front of the mirror. <laughs> uh, and so we we want to look decent. And so we we are looking for the result. But nobody wants to go to the gym. Nobody right. wants to lift heavy weights. Nobody wants to pay attention to what they eat. We don't want to do the thing. We just want the result. And so, so learning to fall in love with the process, learning to fall in love yep. with the work that you do, the result that you want. And so that was, that was me early on. It's just saying like, um, I love speaking, but I love I, as much, if not more, I love the process of booking. That, that really helped me early on to, to do the work to help me make that pivot. Yeah, and and that that's a thing that we talk a lot on the One Percent Podcast about falling in love with the process. It's the journey. It's not necessarily the the end result of where you're going to be, but it is the journey and the process of getting there. So after you make that pivot, then then you you seek out to find your first gig, and and you get that first gig it was at a four H club, if I'm if I'm correct. Yep. 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 So uh, how, how did that go actually getting on stage and, and being like, okay, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Cause we will live in a world as well as just like you know, people say we can't do something. We we have self doubt in ourselves. How did you overcome that? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone still has like those uh, doubts and insecurities and fears. I don't, I think they can get uh, a little quieter, but I think they're always there. I mean, if we yeah. fast forward to now, um, of anyone that you could have on, on the show, anyone that you could be talking to. I'm kind of like, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm anything special. So why, you know, why me? So those securities and fears, any speaker, entrepreneur, author, fill in the blank that you look up to, that you remind, you admire, 
they, I promise you, they all, all of us, anybody uh, has the same doubts and insecurities and fears and worries. And so uh, I don't know that you'll ever feel like, all right, I'm good. I've, <laughs> I've arrived. I deserve to be here. Like you build confidence as you go. Uh, but at the same time, you, you always have some of those doubts and fears. I'll give you a quick example. I remember um, and there was a, uh, a breakfast and there's, I don't know, probably uh, 15 or 20 entrepreneurs there. And I'd go from time to time. And, and so I went and, and there was a buddy of mine there who had just quit his corporate job um, to pursue the side hustle. So he'd been doing the side hustle on the, on the side for a little while. Uh, and finally got to a point where he was going to go all in on it. And so, um, so he had quit the corporate job. He's going all in on the side hustle. And this is his first week all in on it. And so I remember asking him, I said, all right, it's your first week. How are you feeling? Uh, and I remember him saying like, man, I feel I'm excited. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm overwhelmed. I'm nervous. I'm all of the above, right? The whole gamut of emotions. And I remember telling him, I said, man, I, I've been self-employed for, uh, for about 12, 13 years at this point, And none of that ever goes away. Like you still have the doubts, you still have the insecurities, you still have the fear. I mean, even like, especially right now in the thick of this, um, you know, of this, this coronavirus and everything that's going like the, the amount of uncertainty and fear and like nobody's exempt. And so we're all businesses, all entrepreneurs, like we're all dealing with the, the same, you know, insecurities and doubts and fears right now. That's really good. And fear is, fear is what drives us as we see during this time. And I heard at one time that 98% of the things that we fear we live in this worst case scenario don't even end up happening. So having fear be our driver is just, I mean, so ridiculous. And for myself, I can really resonate with that because when I started off speaking, like I was super nervous at the start of it. I was like, oh, how am I going to get over these nerves? Hopefully it'll just stop stop happening after talk after talk. And instead of thinking like, okay, these nerves are my enemy. You, you tell those nerves that they're your, they're your energy. They're your, you bring it, bring it on. And that's how it, it helped propel me through my talks. And still, still I'll get, I'll get those butterflies beforehand, but I know that's a good thing instead of a, a negative thing. Do you obviously still feel that, that kind of adrenaline, that kind of butterflies? Like how, how do you, how do you get over the, the self per se of the fear of public speaking, which most people would say they'd rather walk off a cliff than speak in front of public, public people? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's, not, uh, it's not uncommon to be nervous or anxious or worried. Uh, and I would say this, I think oftentimes um, we confuse that for being uh, nervous or scared or fearful in some way, when in the reality, oftentimes um, we're more excited than anything. Yeah. So think nice. about, um, you know, think about moments of your life, you know, whenever your spouse or whenever you, um, uh, you know, we're interviewing for a job or uh, when a child born. Some of these like big key marquee moments in life, you know, you feel yeah. some of those like butterflies in your stomach and you, you don't feel like necessarily nervous or worried that like something bad's going to happen, but you're, you're just, it's like an adrenaline pump that like, man, what, what is happening right now is really, this is a really big deal. It's a really significant moment. And so the same thing can happen with, with speaking that uh, what you're doing is it, before you speak is you, you it's your body's reaction is saying hey this is a big deal like this matters this is significant mm-hmm. uh, and so what do you do to minimize that or how do you how do you deal with that well one i would say that the the more often you speak the more comfortable you you right. become and it doesn't mean that it, that fully goes away or that it's ever like okay now i'm 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 good to go like it's never like that uh, as much as you build confidence over time as you do it more and more the thing i would say in terms of like how you can deal with that is uh, is the the prep 
preparation and the practice. You know, the way that you get Beautiful. better as a speaker is that you speak. Uh, and so, like the the analogy I like to use is like if you're taking, if you think back to school whether that's uh, middle school, high school, college, university, if you were going to take a, a test or quiz of some kind, uh, and there's typically two approaches to it. You could, you know, you just kind of show up and you kind of wing it and you're just kind of like, I don't know, I hope this works out, which it never does. Or you can really take the time to, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to study my notes, I'm going to review the review questions, I'm going to do the homework, I'm going to do the assignments, I'm going to do all the things necessary. So when I show up to take the test, sure, I may still feel some of those butterflies and nerves, but I also feel a lot more comfortable and confident because I've done <coughs> the work. Uh, and yes. so the same thing is true yes. with speaking. You know, if you just show up to wing it, then you're probably going to fail. And and candidly, like I, I legit hope you do, uh, because the audience <laughs> deserves better than that. Like they they deserve your best. They don't deserve you uh, just going through the motions or just phoning it in. And so. Uh, so the more the more practiced you are, the more that you've rehearsed and gone over your material. Typically, the more comfortable and confident you will be, and the, the less the nerves will be a hindrance. I love that confidence through preparation. That is absolutely beautiful. And I, I train a lot of NBA players, and it's the same thing. I mean, you're going to have confidence on the court based on the practice that you put in. And a lot of people, they'll know that, but they won't do that. And it's it's funny you say that because my first talk in front of a, a, a big audience i had a friend tell me hey be careful man don't just do it one or two times go through this day after day after day because his first time he got up there thought he was good and ended up flopping and thankfully i practiced time and time and time again with it um do you have do you have any tricks or or tactics that you use or, or things to get you in the mental frame like with nba players we'll have them go through their highlight reels to live out their best moments that they've had before they step on the court so they also feel confident through that. Do you have any rituals, things like that, to put yourself in a, the mindset of uh, when you get on stage, like your pregame routine for getting on stage? Well, I think it's kind of different for everyone because there's certainly people who, you know, they want to listen to, to, to music and kind of hype themselves up. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people want to just sit in silence and and kind of uh, meditate or, or um, just kind of mentally go over their talk. Other times people will, will kind of pace and, and just go around, go through their, their talk in their head or read over their notes or anything like that. Um, and so really, it kind of depends on the person. So I don't know that there's necessarily like a, a right or wrong answer as much as, as figuring out what works for you. So there's there's times where I've, you know, we'll, we'll listen to uh, music to, to get excited. Oftentimes, it, you, you don't need a lot of uh, external motivation yeah. because the, the moment is... is hopefully hypes you up already. Um, a lot of times I'll be, um, going over my notes and just kind of like pacing and talking it through in my head of like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then that leads to this. Then I do this transition. It goes to this story or that point or whatever, walking it through in my head one last time before I go on. Um, sometimes uh, you may uh, sit out in the audience just to kind of get a sense of, um, you know, who, uh, the other speakers or what, um, kind of the, the vibe of the room is like. Uh, so again, there's not necessarily like a, a right or wrong answer of like, this is the only possible way, or this is the best way to do it. Uh, figuring out what, what, um, gets you in the right frame of mind is, is what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you definitely have made a mastery of that. And, and not just as a speaker and in being one of the best speakers, I would say that through the world, but, but also through the business that you've created in this, instead of just being a single entity, which is very impressive is you've gone from making that pivot of being a youth pastor and something that you found, found skills in that you liked. And this is a very important point to everybody out there. You might not be doing, you're probably not doing your dream job, but there's something in it that you're really good at and you're really skilled at. And I think God's given us all an amazing ability and you realize your ability was speaking. 
taking that, going into becoming a speaker, but now also building a business around it. And you've got a, a great book that I absolutely love, The Successful Speaker. It not only just tells you, hey, this is how you're going to book gigs, but it's, it's basically a blueprint for if you have a passion, you can, you can make that passion absolutely your career and, and your mission. So, I mean, kudos to that for sure. But uh, let's talk about the, the business side of the speaking. Like, how do you, how do you market yourself? How, how do you find the most successful ways that you've been able to just grow yourself? Because a lot of people will want to have their own, their own entrepreneurial work, but they just don't know how to, how, to, how to get it going, how to build these genuine connections, these relationships to get it going. Yeah, so one of the best things I would say is just uh, keeping sure, ma- making sure that you have a long-term perspective in this. That building a business, building relationships take time, nice. and so it's not yep. just kind of a you know a, a magical thing that you can um, uh, you know you you do step one, two, three, and then overnight all of a sudden you have a, a bunch of uh, great relationships or anything like that. I mean, you think about the the relationships that you're closest with or people that you have a good relationship with, and that's that's uh, that's a, a process that you can't necessarily fast forward. So uh, I've heard it said before that that the things that are cooked in a crock pot taste better than things that are cooked in a microwave. Because <laughs> uh, nice. it, just, it just takes more time, right? Things yeah. are just going to sit and stew. And so, you know, your relationship with your spouse or your relationship with, you know, your best friend really uh, is not based on, and we had one conversation, we exchanged an email and a, a text message and now we're best friends. It's like, no, no, no. Like, it's like, over a long period of time, that's just, again, hard to fast forward. And so uh, so one thing I would say is just having that long-term perspective that uh, relationships um, are so, so important to building a successful business and relationships take time. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just realize that the longer you delay in, in forming those relationships and building those relationships, the longer it takes. Uh, but having a long-term perspective um, mm-hmm. really will go a, a long way for you. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so true. And the, the crock pot tastes better than the microwave. A lot of people don't want to put in that time. It's the 10 years to become an overnight success, probably even more the 10,000 hours that you put in. Be patient with it. It will happen. But like this is a time right now, this crazy crisis that we have going on that's throwing a wrench in everybody's life. Like this can be the time to really just pour into others and build genuine relationships. I have a thing I call the golden 15 where you find 15 people that, that you would really benefit from having in your life but pour in the equity of the relationships by giving and giving and giving to them. So then in the end, it, it really all comes back into you. And how, how have you seen this crisis, this this time, this coronavirus, having to make shifts, not, not necessarily reinventing yourself, but coming up with more ingenuitous ways to, to go about the speaking world and, and what you do? Yeah, that's a good question. So obviously right now, this is kind of a, just a, a weird time that we're in right now. And this is uh, something that, that's not exclusive to just the speaking industry. It's affecting everyone and every yeah. possible business and in every industry. And, uh, and some, you know, if you look at like, um, you know, the Amazons or the Walmarts or the Costco's of the world, that uh, their business is probably really, really, really good for them right now. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have, um, you know, restaurants or hospitality or travel that have just been decimated and just completely hammered. Uh, but everyone right now has a responsibility as entrepreneurs and as business owners to think through uh, how do we best um, solve the problem for our audience uh, in, a, in a different and unique way. And so one of the things that we've been telling speakers all the time is that uh, events that were supposed to happen that are suddenly not happening, that the that you as a speaker, whatever the problem was that you were to that audience. Just because the event isn't happening doesn't mean that that problem has all of a sudden magically been solved. 
right? So let's imagine, for example, you're, um, uh, you, you work with salespeople on how to improve their sales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're supposed to be doing some type of corporate sales training today. Um, and, and because of everything that's happened, that event cannot happen in a, you know, a live uh, context like it was originally scheduled for. Well, just because then the sales problems that they were having have magically been solved. If anything, maybe right. those sales problems are even more amplified right now. And and um, uh, whatever the solution was that you were bringing to the table, the mean or the, the medium was uh, originally supposed to be via speaking. But uh, but now we're looking at what are the other ways that you can provide uh, that solution through a different medium. So that, that could, like a lot of speakers are doing things virtually right now, um, and that is a. a what I would say would be that's a, a good supplement. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a replacement because I think uh, I, I firmly believe that on the other side of this, at whatever point that is, that uh, live events are not going anywhere. That right now people are craving human connection yeah. and human interaction. We are missing uh, hugs and high fives and handshakes, and uh, eventually we'll get back to that point. And so right now, um, you know, doing virtual things can be a good uh, can be a good opportunity to provide the solution in a different medium uh, and, and use that as, again as a, as a kind of a, a supplement to your, your business. So I heard a good analogy, like a good kind of sports analogy um, the other day of, of a speaker friend saying, he's like, I- I'm thinking about it through the lens of, you know, if I'm, if I'm the quarterback and I go to the line of scrimmage in a, in a football game um, and I'm reading things, I'm going, whoa, everything is dramatically different. <laughs> I'm not completely throwing out the game plan, but I may call an audible for a couple nice. of plays here and I may make a few different adjustments. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to to, all right, what, what got me here is never going to work again. No, like be aware of, of what's currently going on, make some audibles. And you may realize like, okay, I keep calling audibles. And the longer this goes on, I may have to make some big time, halftime adjustments. And so be it. But at the same time, um, uh, you know, r- recognize that I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, I got to, I got to yes. completely reinvent myself. I got to completely throw away everything that I've done to this point and do this totally different business. I don't, I don't, I don't think you have to do that. Grant, I think you're absolutely right, and I, I think we can come out of this time with with more of a uh, a well-rounded approach. Like a lot of speakers and a lot of people didn't do anything online. Now this is kind of what we have to do. This is the audible. We can become really good and proficient in this area to use this as an added bonus for when things do get back because they're going to come back, and and I, I think people are going to want that personal interaction and just starve for it even more so. So I would see the, the live interaction when people are comfortable with giving the high fives and not being six feet away actually just continue to spike and take off, and you're able to take what you've learned during this time like you're talking about is, is continuing to grow, continuing to learn new things, just audibles to build to the basis that you have. And for high performers like yourself, one percenters, it's all about building these these habits, these routines that that drive us to these kind of mindsets that that you have that you just talked about there. Do you do you have any certain like key non-negotiables in, in your life that are habits that you know that you're gonna continue to improve daily on? So, I gotta tell you about one of my favorite companies all time, Four Sigmatic. One of the most nutrient-dense, most studied food companies on the planet, and there are so many benefits. Not just the health benefits, the amazing taste, but it can help you jumpstart your day with the coffee in the morning, with the lion's mane in the mushrooms to really just get you invigorated, the energy that you need. They have 
the protein, the defend protein with powerful adaptogens to keep you at your peak and to help you recover for your next workout. And it tastes great. I put mine in my smoothie every single morning and I have some at the evening as well. They have chill, the cacao, the reishi to help you unwind and prepare for that restful night's sleep. I personally know the founder of Four Sigmatic and he's the only person on this planet that gets better sleep than I do. So whatever he's doing with these mushrooms, he's doing something right. And not only is the benefits for your health just astronomical, the taste is unbelievable. It really is. Check them out. They're all over the world. They have been going and growing and I'm just saying right now, you are going to love it. I love the Four Sigmatic cacao mix in the evenings. It's like hot chocolate, oh, coffee in the morning, protein in the smoothies. So much goodness. Thank you, Four Sigmatic. Well, I'd, uh, one of the best things I can is uh, in my roles as a, as a husband, as a father. Uh, awesome. I feel like that, that those are, are two of my biggest responsibilities and roles and hats that I or just in life. And so I find that the uh, the better the relationship is with my wife, the better the relationship is with my daughters, um, the, the simpler and clearer it makes every other part of my life. Um, because I know that if I am, you know, if my wife and I have a fight or something, or I'm frustrated with my daughters or, or something happens, or if there's any type of like a strife there, yeah. then whenever it comes to work or anything else that I, I need to do working out or anything like that, um, it makes me very, like, it just makes my head really cloudy. And I, the, one of the best things I can do is just making sure that I maintain great relationships with them. Uh, cause it has a trickle down effect to every other part of my life. That's so good. I completely agree with that. I haven't, I have an amazing wife and I know that, uh, Serving her first is going to put me in a better mindset, as it is, anyways. I'm not to the, not to the three girls yet, but well, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Grant, what 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 drives you when you wake up in the morning with a mindset that you have? What drives you to keep to keep growing and to keep providing this world with the the knowledge and the insight that you have? What what's your driving force uh, every morning when you wake up to get out of bed? Yeah, yeah. A friend tell me. Um one time he said, you want to find things regularly where the challenge exceeds the skill set. The yes. challenge exceeds this, meaning that you are, uh, uh, you're, you're slightly over your head and you, you feel like I'm treading water. I'm going to be okay. Really. For me, like I just, I love the challenge. I love the, um, you know, trying to, um, build something. I love to, um, trying to help more and, trying to you know it's like the and and playing a video game and you're just trying to get whatever that next level is no that's perfect i love the the challenge exceeds the skill set i mean that's what drives you to continue to grow and what is in your life now as you, as you've mastered the craft of speaking all over the world what what, what drives you what's the challenge that exceeds your skill set now well i think a big thing right now is, is helping other speakers you know, uh, so whenever I got started, uh, I had the potential, but I needed the plan, meaning that I felt like I was a decent speaker. I knew I wasn't the world's greatest speaker by any means, but uh, I knew there was something there and I felt like I could do this and I just I just need to figure out what to do. Uh, and there's a lot of speakers who are in that same spot that they feel like they have, but they need the plan. They enjoy speaking. They have a message that they want to share. They want to help other people, but they just don't know what to do next. They don't know what they don't know. And so, uh, so the challenge for us right now is to help those speakers and to serve those speakers and to show them here's the next steps. Pivoting on to keep going. How do you keep, so how do you keep learning and growing yourself as you're helping others 
build their speaking business and pouring into others in that way, how do you personally continue to learn and continue to grow? Uh, I think one of the best things is is surrounding yourself with other people who are um, near where you are or a step or two ahead of where you are or want to be. Um, and so one of the, the best things that, that uh, in my world is um, I'm, I've become uh, real good friends with several guys that were part of a mastermind. There's four of us and we talk every single day, every single That's day awesome. that we are interacting and... Um, and sharing ideas or if you have questions or you have uh, doubts or insecurities or whatever it may be, um, having those conversations on a daily basis with, with other guys has really, really made a big difference for me. So, uh, I'd say that's one of the biggest things, uh, is just, um, uh, talking with a finding people that are similar to where you are and where you want to be, uh, comparing notes on a regular basis, and just again having having those regular conversations that that push and challenge you. That's great. Yep, we are the people we surround ourselves with. That's beautiful, Grant. Grant, I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So whatever comes to your mind, it can be a short answer, it can be a long answer. Just spit it out. First one we got for you, what is your favorite mindset quote that you live by? Maybe something that's on your fridge or that you see every single day, something that is a quote that you really love and embody. Yeah, so one of my favorite quotes is, who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are nice. is more important than what you do. And it kind of goes back to what we touched on earlier that uh, you know who you are as a human is more important than what you do. So if, if we're great speakers, if we're great entrepreneurs, if we're great you know, authors, if we're great fill in the blank, whatever the thing is that, that we are, if we're great at that, but we are a shell of a human being, if we drop the ball as, as husbands, as wives, as mothers, as fathers, uh, then we're doing it wrong and we've, we've, we've missed the point. And so uh, I want to make sure that again, I, I, um, I, I'm, like I said, I'm very motivated, very driven as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur, but it is um, it's just as important, if not more important, for me to be a good, to be a good husband and to be a good father. Man, that's a great answer. That's a great answer, and, and I'm really big on kind of what you're touching on is, is comparison, but comparison in a in a good way, like looking up to people that you want to be like and what you strive to be like, and seeing how they did what what they did to get there. Did you have any mentors or people that you looked up to and inspired to be like in your life that? that drove you to help you get to where you are today? Yeah, several people. I think there's always I think it's always good to be looking, you know, a step or two ahead of you of who's who are people that are um, you know, doing something similar to what you want to do or 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 where you want to to aspire to be. Um, and so there's different speakers that have been role models to me. My youth pastor had a big impact in my life, like I mentioned. Uh mm-hmm. and so um uh, yeah, various people, and, and also in various ways. There's people that that are not necessarily heavily involved in in business, but are phenomenal, phenomenal husbands and phenomenal fathers that I really look up to and admire. So um, I think it's always good to have those people that you look up to and say, "Hey, that's the that's the kind of man, that's the kind of human, yeah. that's the kind of person that I want to I want to become." Absolutely, Grant. What is your definition of leaving a legacy? Not necessarily what's on a put on a billboard, but what, what would be leaving a legacy to you? Yeah, I think it definitely uh, kind of again, kind of what we, we touched on is uh, the relationship that I have with my yeah. my wife and my daughters. Yeah. You know, it's that's awesome. the thing that's a really big deal to me. So um, more important than what your bank account says, or what kind of car you drive, or how big your house is, or any of that stuff. Like um, knowing that I. Um, you know, that I had a, a great relationship with them, that uh, I made a big impact and difference in their world. Um, and uh, like, that's, that's 
certainly more significant than anything I could accomplish in the business world. I love it. I love how you keep coming back to that, man. That's the most important thing you can have. That and super genuine. Do you have a uh, dream event that you want to speak at? Some some big one that you've always wanted to to keynote or be a speaker at? Um, not necessarily, to be honest with you. Like there was, um, yeah. partly because I, uh, I'm not doing nearly as much speaking as I used to do. So I used to do around 70 gigs a year speaking full time. And now we'll do a handful of gigs a year, but it's not nearly as much, um, uh, as it used to be. I would say this is kind of, um, uh, you know, like when you, when you have, uh, you'll see this someday when, when you have kids, like you're almost more excited when they accomplish something than yeah. if you had done it yourself. And so, um, so what's really, really fun for me and exciting right now is when students that we work with, uh, when they book like big gigs or, Hey, I just got my biggest fee or my highest fee, or here's this big, you know, marquee event I was wanting to do. And I finally, you know, finally booked it. Like that's incredibly rewarding. That's incredibly that's exciting awesome. for, for me today. Great. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah, I love that on so many levels, and everybody needs to check out Grant's book, The Successful Speaker, not just if you want to be a speaker, but if you want to grow your own business and you want to become the best at what you do and then continue to pour into others as well. Grant, is there a way, we will link to the book in in the show notes for sure, Is is there a way we can follow you the best so we know all that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, everything we do um, for speakers is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Um, we have a speaker fee calculator over there that, that speakers may want to check out. Uh, people ask all the time, how much how much should I charge as a speaker? And so we put together a free calculator. Um, it, it'll take you less than a minute, answer, I think, five or six questions, and it'll tell you what you should be charging as a speaker. So uh, you can find that over there. You can go to um, myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com to find that. Um, but yeah, every, every, we're on Instagram at, uh, at gbaldwin and on Twitter at Grant Baldwin. Uh, so yeah, hit me up wherever and happy to help wherever I can. Awesome. Grant, any, anything that we can support for you? Any foundations you stand behind? Any way we can all get behind you on anything like that? Yeah, the 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 book would be uh, would be yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. The book is again, like Absolutely. you mentioned, called the successful speaker: five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. And so, um, yeah, would love for if people are interested in speaking and, and want to go deeper on what we've covered and talked about today. Then uh, definitely check that out. And everyone listening, it is a great book. It's one of those ones you pick up. Well, I, I listen to it when I work out, but it's one of those ones you just can't put down. So thank you for putting that out into the world. And Grant, with your final question on the 1% podcast, what does being a one percenter mean to you? I think it means just doing the things that other people aren't willing to do and yeah. making the, 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 um, you know, the, the sacrifices and, and putting in the work, the, you know, the, uh, the, one of the things that we tell our students all the time is that what we teach in terms of how to find and book gigs is, is simple, but it's not easy. Simple, but it's not easy. Meaning that it's kind of like, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to lose five pounds, what do you need to do? Well, you need to pay attention to what you eat and you need to exercise. Like we all understand that we all get that, but, um, and it sounds really good and it makes sense on paper, but to actually do it, it just requires work. It requires effort. It requires you to do the things that most people aren't willing to do. Uh, and so being the one percenter means that you're, you're willing to make those sacrifices that you're willing to, uh, to put in the work, to make the effort, uh, to do the things that others won't. Grant, it's a great answer. You are off the 1% podcast. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and your knowledge and just your positive energy, especially during this time, man. It's so needed. So keep being the light that you are and we'll have people following you. And thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. It was fun. Great. Dude, you're, you're great, man. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, it was awesome. That was so yeah, so good. There was only a couple times where it just cut out, but I, I actually I moved over by my router and it's clearer than it's ever been. So I might do this is literally like three steps from where I was, which makes no sense. But I might start doing every single podcast from this router. But yeah, no, man. I'm just gonna have to park over there. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the one percent podcast thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the one percent podcast without you none of this would be possible the feedback the reviews the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that one percent daily steps we can all implement from top nba players from high performers and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world and it's all because of you if you could i will shout you out personally thank you leave a review on itunes or the podcast app on your phone five stars if you love it one star of course if you hate it and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions suggestions that you might have post on social media and tag me at david nurse nba and i will repost the reviews the podcast gets i'll shout you out personally for sure thank you so much for being the best community the best family the best one percent squad so blessed for all of you out there now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone You can and you will make a difference. 